Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. From multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, how'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning, and then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Operator Podcast. I'm Robert J. O'Neill, former Navy SEAL, and I'm here with... Former Navy SEAL Drago Duran, uh, complete badass. It's always nice to have a complete operator in every sense of the word on here with Drago. Um, we left off talking about um, obviously moving from a socialist country, Poland, along with prison time smuggling, uh, you know, trying to get out of the country, dealing with socialists and communists, stuff like that. Getting to the United States, simply going to get to uh, pick a city in a country that seemed like a fairy tale, which is the United States, and pick a city that you want. Drago was just impressed with how um, you can decide where you want to go, and because he grew up in such poverty, extreme poverty under socialism in Poland, he said he wanted to go somewhere hot, and they asked him if he ever heard of Memphis, Tennessee, and he went to Tennessee, and he saw uh, everything from learning the English language by... uh, Immersion and a few pool parties, uh, and then seeing how great this country is uh, by go- by going with to like the supermarket with friends, and they're telling him he can fill up his grocery cart um, with whatever he wants, and it's not just a thin slice of meat or sausage. If you can find it, like it was in Poland, or bread with butter and sugar, you can you can pick cereal based on the color of the box and how how pretty the the box of cereal is. All the meat you want that would normally feed families. We could have it in a barbecue of four around the pool, and then uh, discussing a little bit of skydiving and a little bit of uh, potential military service because of the Gulf War, wanting to get back into it or into the fight in the first place. And then because of skydiving, we're going to figure out which branch of service Drago picked. So here we go. I think that um, big ratings come from bad news. So when we watch social media and we watch the 24-hour news cycle, the worst stuff is going to get the highest ratings, which is why it's always out. That's going to get the most clicks. But when you go out in the real world, I think that uh, here at least most people are good. And the way that I describe it is, is America is not the people beating each other up in the streets. It's the, it's the convoy that starts in, in Southern California, goes through Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, picks up more people. And they're on their way to Florida to help hurricane victims. That's, that's what America is. And I I know it's out there too. And uh, people could use a little, little, smack a positivity once in a while because i i really think most people are good especially here and i just i love hearing you say that that a lot of people don't even notice it because they're used to it because they are this is natural to them this is normal but please remember this is 
normal, but it is normal only in America. This is yeah. not normal anywhere around the world. And uh, and I, I know in Poland now is becoming similar. When I talked to a friend of mine, Pavel from Polish Special Forces Grom, when he came here to visit me, he was telling me how this thing is changing now, that there's still people don't wave to everybody, don't say hello every time, but they, they do too. Uh, uh, Poland is very friendly now, becoming very uh, a lot more friendly than uh, when I was growing up there, where it was sometimes dangerous. Mm-hmm. Can we get into, uh, so how long were you doing the mechanic thing? Well, I was doing this until I became, uh, until the first Persian war broke up. By this time, I was very well established. Matter of fact, I changed the job from uh, from working for Saab to Mercedes. And uh, and then I started skydiving. I went through the course. I became actually jump master. I was teaching skydiving. And the first Persian war broke out. That's right. Was, yeah, so this is when I decided I need to do something the, you know, I, for these people. I'm, I'm living awesome life. I have everything in abundance. I have everything I can dream of. I never even dream of things that before I came to America that I had at the time in Memphis. So I say, I need to do something. I, I, I will volunteer. Uh, and, and, and if there is a war, I will fight the war on behalf of America. And uh, I just didn't know how to do it. So I figured out that I'll just, I seen on the post office sometimes these white cards. I don't remember what it was, how it called it. Just the uh, not selective, uh, selective service, young kids here. Selective service, yeah. The draft mm-hmm. card, something yeah. you register yourself as a yeah. young person. Well, I thought that this is the way you join the military. So I went up there, I filled it up, I sent it off. I filled it up like as much, uh, the best I could. I mailed it. And then I went back to my apartment. I packed my, started packing my stuff. The skydiving friends I was living with, uh, we were roommates at the time. It's like, where are you going? Are you moving out? I say, well, I'm going to war. Going to war? When? I say, well, soon. I just, I just registered myself for the war. <laughs> so this, like, so you really, fill out the selective services card and just send I, it I, off. Yeah, I thought I sent it off. I was just like, I packed my stuff, and I was like, any day now, any day I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm packing. I'll be ready when they knock on the door. Yeah. So the, the answer came like months later. I say, well, you are kind of too old now. It's like 31 years old. Uh, you. You don't need to fill this card up, but we thank you for your, you know, right, for yeah, zeal and stuff. So I was like, "What do I do?" So I, I showed this card to my friends, and they said, "This, that's not contract. You need to go talk to recruiting office." So they, okay, they, so they actually pointed me out, pointed me to the army recruiting office when I went up there. I told them that who I am, and uh, because it is war. I would like to go join military. When my idea was that after the war, I will just come back and resume my normal life. But here, right. that was my moral obligation to go and fight on behalf of America. So I, I've told them that, and they just said, okay, well, uh, we're gonna start, where would you like to serve? i like, well, wherever they, whoever goes first to war, the unit, I would like to be there. And I didn't know the difference between army, navy. For me, it was just the military. It was everything. Yeah, right. So they put me somewhere where I can go and fight the war. 
and then so they say okay we're gonna put you somewhere where in infantry where you can go to war right away say okay thank you so you know it took a while to fill the paperwork because i came from a different country and uh, by, I just became U.S. citizen before that too. So there was another. This is something that I, I would like. I left it for later because I would like to expand a little bit on it. So as a U.S. citizen, I walked to this uh, office. I told them what I want to do, and they say, "Okay, perfect." And then you know they say it will be a while before we complete this paperwork. So I, I understood. So I resumed my normal life. I was checking up with the checking in with the recruiting office while skydiving. It happened at that time, Navy SEALs came to do demonstration or jump. Get they, out of here. Yeah, the leapfrogs. Yeah. So what they do in time off, they come to our drop zone when I skydive, when I teach skydiving. So we started skydiving together, and I told them, I'm sorry, I couldn't wait to tell them, yeah, you are Navy. I'm going to, too, I'm going to join you in the war. And I'm going, uh, I'm, this is, I told them what I did. So they're going like, to scratch their head. I said, like, was their heads. I like, well, did you try Navy? I was like, what's that? I mean, that's <laughs> military. Well, no, no, no. The Navy is a little bit different than the Army. There's Army, Navy, Marine Corps, and all that stuff, and Coast Guard. I'm like, okay. But so, and they kind of like a little bit told me, just go to the Navy, just ask about it, and tell them that you want to be a SEAL. So I say, okay. So I run up to the recruiting office in the time off. They're kind of doing you a favor, but not really doing you a favor. <laughs> <laughs> so I will get working like, hey, I'm joining military. I want to go to war for America. And what do I need to do? They say, well, what do you want to do? Okay, did you do anything yet? Did you think what you want to do? I say, well, yes, I have my paperwork with the next, uh, next door office, the, the army people up there. I didn't think much about <laughs> I didn't think that I didn't know that you guys are different. So uh, what do I need to do? I say, well, just go go to them and tell them that you are not join the navy. Just bring the paperwork. So I was just like, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I went up there. I did not like it. I was like, no, well, you're, you're just a billet. You're just you a billet. Military almost. You you yeah. about to go, and mm -hmm. now you just go up. I said like, well, yeah. <laughs> so no, they, that's yeah. They, 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 they gave me the paperwork. I went to the next door, and they said, "What do you want to do in the navy?" I said, "I think I want to be a seal." Like, ooh, really? <laughs> I said, "Yeah." So, okay, how old are you? I'm like thirty-one, going thirty-two. Well, the cut of time, uh, the time age limit is twenty-eight. Yeah, but you know what? I guarantee you, you sign this contract, you sign this paperwork, we finish we finish it, you sign it, that will make a seal out of you. There's no doubt. Oh, you, man. You just go there. I say, okay. At least they were <laughs> nice, nice to me. They say, like, what do you, in case you don't make to the seals, what job would you like well, to yeah, do? In yeah, in, ca in case I lied to you, what would you like to do on the ship? <laughs> <laughs> so I say, well, I'm, I'm skydiving. Something with parachutes, maybe? And like, yeah, parachute again. Sure, sounds great yeah, to me. Yeah, that's it's right. That's right. right. Yeah. So yeah, here we go. So they they uh, uh, start filling up the paperwork. They completed it. They call me in the office one day and say like, so you want to be if you want to be parachute rigger, you need to you know we cannot you're gonna miss the window or you will go like next week because 
uh, the, the, when you finish boot camp, you need to go to that A school for to be parashudreger. Yeah. But that school is on such and such day. So you to make to that school, you have to go now, or you have to wait another like I don't remember three or four or five months. So I say no, no, I'm going. To, I don't want to miss the war. So yeah, right. Sign me up, and they say okay. So yeah, I got I, I got to go now because PRs are on the front line. <laughs> I didn't know. So I say, so they, 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 they say, okay, but so what will happen is on Thursday, I think Thursday or Friday, you will go and they will swear you, you'll be sworn into the mm-hmm. entry program. I had no idea what the dev was. At the yeah. Time, but, and then you will leave, I think on Saturday, you will fly day. Fly, you, either, I think it was Saturday or Monday. But anyway, so Thursday, I went up there, but before I went to Deb to be sworn into uh, into the military, I called my girlfriend at the time. I said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to the Navy, so we need to get married. We need to get." She said, "Oh, really? What?" I said, "Well, but I'm leaving like next week." What? How, yeah, we need to get married because otherwise, you know, we will get married. No, yeah, that this <laughs> so, is it. <laughs> so she so she cried, but they say, "Okay." So we found we in the weekday just before the Thursday we ran somewhere downtown to the courthouse in Memphis. We found some judge who was after hours already. He just was leaving, but like okay, this is special, so I will do it. So he married us like ominous dominus. We signed yeah, the yeah, yeah. We were married. So to Deb, we actually I went with my girlfriend as my wife already at the time, mm. and uh, we divorced later. But uh, that, that at that time like I was in heaven. So yeah, then I just. At that time, we still were flying. They were flying us yes. from from Memphis. I flew to Chicago airport, and there was another uh, recruit too. I think two or three of us were on the air, on the airplane. I was actually sitting next to the guy uh, next to me uh, who was going to this uh, center. So I asked him where he's going. He said, "I'm going to be join the Navy." I said, "Me too." So we find out actually we end up in the same company. Oh, cool! And, and so we landed there. They they make us wait until like late late night. They packed us on the bus. They drove us to uh, to Great Lakes. Uh, Great Lakes to boot camp, and then they all hell broke loose. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> um, that is, it's a confusing first few days, especially yeah. if you don't really speak the language. I got scared, dude. I was like, "What the hell?" You know, maybe that's that's going to be really tough. And I said, "But you know what?" I told myself. America needs me. America needs people fighting the wars. I will be one of them because I could not build the jobs. That was my reasoning was I, I was living a good life, but yeah. I had no skills, no resources to build jobs for my fellow Americans to help them, but I could fight the war for them. Yeah. I'm going to do it. It was really, I really felt like that's that's the right thing to do. That's what I need to do. And that's how I ended up. So then I said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to quit on this. I'm going to go and... And, and and do it, and I did. So I went to boot camp. I had a, almost got uh, almost got kicked back to previous class because it happened. I had a kidney stone, and uh, oh man, yeah, I, I was on the upper bunk. It was so powerful. It, like somebody kicked me in the in the in the kidneys, and I thought this from the prison time. Maybe it's my yeah my injury from where they were beating me on the kidneys with those sticks uh the, the prison guards but so i fell on the floor i got on my force in like on my four 
And I tell you, within five minutes, I had a, like that big part of sweat under me. I was just dripping out of me. So the the my company, they called uh, medical, they called, called emergency, they came in. I still remember the Corman, Corman comes up. Are you okay? It's like, uh, do I look okay to you? No. <laughs> okay. So so they got me. Then find out it's a kidney stone. And I said, well, it's no big deal. But they told me, so I spent seven days there. We're going to put you to the class back so we can recover. That but, sucks. And I remember I was like pleading with them, please don't do it. I'm I'm okay now. The kidney I passed, I pissed it off, pissed it out. So I'm I'm good. Please put me in the same uh, uh, same class. Especially I was doing so good. I was like one of the top recruits. Well, I thought in the class, but actually I was top recruit in the whole, all classes graduating that day. So I said, they put me back in the class. I continue. I remember still walking into the, into the bathroom where we were staying and all these guys were guys were clapping yeah he's a tough man tough motherfucker you know he just he's coming back you know they were they welcomed me dude almost made me cry you know look at these guys and it's like wow i'm in the good company and you know this is where we told we were told about the u.s navy about america even more in the about the history of america yeah yeah. eating it up they were just so fantastic i just couldn't couldn't wait to use my knowledge, you know, and uh, and uh, yeah, I, I find out later that I'm graduating as a number one. On the no graduation. kidding. Now, did you yeah, take the I test for I SEAL? Got... Did you did you take the test for Was SEAL that? training? Oh, did I, you take... I did. Yeah, in the meantime, I took the test also before that. After I passed, I took the test for Navy SEALs on this uh, special day where they bring you in the classroom, they tell you what to, uh, what you know, about the different jobs in the Navy, especially yeah. for those who didn't have a jobs. And uh, there were SEALs too. So I just couldn't wait. Like, yeah, yeah, I want, yeah, to, right. be a, I want to be there. So they did. I passed the test. The swimming, first time? First time. But swimming Good. very hard for me. But I, I kind of like, I made it the time, but there was not no style in it. So I made yeah. it. And then the kidney stone came in. And at the oh. end of, so I, I got it over with it. I continue with my with my company, with my class. And then the, at the end of the boot camp, the, those guys for SEALs, they had to go through medical checkup. So mine too. Everything went smooth until I went to the guy who, the doctor who looked at my paperwork, uh, like for general health. And look, you can't go to the butts. I say, why? You had the kidney stone. So with kidney stone, it's not it's not disqualifying completely, but you have to wait one year because usually what, what yeah, because they say we what we see is if you get a one kidney stone within a year, you might have another one. If you do have another one, then most likely you won't be able to serve within the SEAL teams. But you know, uh, so you have to wait one year. And I, I have this paper actually. Uh, I made I made the copy because one copy you get and one copy went to my medical record. So I have that one. I still have it. it says deferred for one year. It's not disqualifying completely. Uh, so I, I I posted on the website one day uh, when I did. <laughs> now did so did they? So you get you got into buds, but they're going to defer you for a year. Did you go no, to no, no, PR? No, not the buds. That was still in boot camp. So I had a kidney stone in boot camp. I passed the kidney stone, but that was after the exam. I took. Oh, the I got you. I got oh, okay. I, okay, I got you. Yeah. But so they, I, so they defer, deferred it for a year. Yeah, they deferred me four years. So they told me that I will go to A school just to become the parachute rigger, the PR. And, and that's in then, Millington. That's right by Memphis. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was by Memphis. So that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And uh, but I will have to wait for at least a year before I apply for the SEAL program. I say, okay, you know, I was not that disappointed because for me it was not really the SEALs was the gravy. I would love to be a SEAL. I, I say this is great, but my goal was to serve America. It really didn't matter to me if it was SEALs, the parachute riggers, and these guys are also parachute riggers. They are so smart that actually that they, it's very hard to advance in that range. Yeah, yeah. I was a PR as well. I learned how to sew in Millington, Tennessee. Yeah, and I thought thing. I thought it was because we were both PRs in our platoon. And uh, I just, I that was a great skill because it's sewing and other like sailors make fun of you. But when you start working on gear and uniforms and all that stuff, someone's yeah, a, one yeah, of the yeah, best, yeah. best traits you can have. Stitch bitch. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's what they cost. So, anyway. so, uh, so after that, so how long do you wait? Did you work as a PR? Did you go right to buds after that in a year? What'd you do? Uh, no, what happened is, uh, what happened to me is Petit uh, Barrios, Les Barrios. He was a SEAL motivator in Millington when I was going to the uh, A school as as a PR. Rest in peace, brother. I mean, I owe him so much. He was a SEAL. He was a SEAL motivator, and. So they, uh, when I arrived uh, there, and I didn't think much about it. I already, I was already told I have to wait here. But then I met people like Jason Cabell, my really good friend, and uh, I mean, he was a great motivator. He just, he, 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 great guy. He was motivating me. Okay, we need to go work out. We need to do this. So oh, cool. we connect together, and um, a great guy. I mean. It, I love this guy. I mean, I might not be a seal, maybe if, if not him and his motivations and his help. Uh, so then I said, like, well, you know what? Why don't just go, I go and ask that seal motivator on base? So I was about to finish my A school. I was one of the top uh, students there as well. And uh, I went to, to his office. I said, Petit Sebarius, I would like to be a seal. And I passed the test. Uh, 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 but I had a kidney stone. Just look at me and say, well, I'm not a doctor. How I, I cannot fix your kidney stones. I say, well, yeah, well, but I, I passed the test in the boot camp, but that kidney stone prevented me from going to BUDS. Maybe you can give me another test. Maybe you can look in some waiver thing. He's like, look at me, waiver. Okay, well, go get your medical record. I'm right to hear you that chat. Give it to them in medical and bring your medical record here. So we take a look at it. I was like, wow, maybe maybe there is some waiver he can get me for this. Yeah, so that's very, very. Quick, you know, yeah, yeah. We have to, you know, I didn't have a car. I had to walk everywhere. So I ran up there. I brought the medical record, handed it to him. And said, so so I'm waiting what magic he'll come up with, what magic he will do. Just look at me and say, step outside. Say, yes, producer Barrios. Step outside. I'm just kind of like listening a little bit what's going on up there and I can hear the shuffling the papers and uh oh okay so come on in so I just look my record is up and so show me where is that that thing saying about your kidney stone I see it is right here uh I'm, I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking nothing I, 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 there's nothing there I said like I I don't see it <laughs> Why? Are you sure you had a kidney stone? It's like, no. No, I'm actually not. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Good. Let's take a test tomorrow. I passed the test. Uh, and then I had to wait for my uh for my orders to bats because there was still 
not given, right? That's they still they may send you two bots, but it's yeah, right. Not, nothing, with the seals, nothing. They don't. Better. Yeah, they don't have to. Right. So then uh, I uh, I would eventually. I remember that was very stressful for me because I wanted to I'm be sure. a seal. Of course. And then the order came in, say, they called me in the office, say, I have your orders to buzz you into the port. Shit, in the, yes. For a second. I just couldn't wait to leave this office. I can scream and yell. And oh, bang. yeah. That's, I mean, that's a bit, that's a big one. The orders to buzz is the phase, yeah. first big yeah. step because yeah. they're giving you a chance now. That's yeah. so cool. So that, what, so you go, what, when did you drive out there? Did you fly out there? What they did? I drove up there. I drove up there. And I just, that, 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 that drive was like, I, I, I thought it will never end. I just keep going and keep going, keep going. I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to be. Yeah. It's a long drive. Those are, very long. Those, are big, those are big states out west. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and, and then, and I remember my understanding was at the time, I thought they're going to, like me in uh, the prison, almost like a prison, because how can you train sales and let yeah, them just right. go everywhere? It's not yeah, like that's, that, that's a first surprise, too, because you don't realize what the compound's like. And, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, you're going to get weekends off because you need it to heal or just go into, you know, Coronado, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but, oh, I thought I'd be just like that. So I was falling back on my experience with Polish prison. I say, you know, they beat me up up there. They, they did, uh, you know, I spent there sitting there for a long time. So what six months, you know, I can survive in prison. I'm just, oh, yeah. if yeah, I don't I call you, it's good because that means I'm still in training. <laughs> and, uh, and when I show up up there, I checked in. I remember it's like, Hey, let's go out. It's like out where we'll drink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I guess, I guess that, yeah. The, I think that one major difference between prison and buds is if you fuck up at buds, they let you out. <laughs> You know, you're gone. So, so what now? So you check in which bus class? Yeah. Which one? Uh, 184. 184. Ooh. I checked in first and I thought I was, was so cool. And, and, um, I remember, uh, uh, coming to on the quarter deck for the first time too. I was told that I would have a day off. We were told, you know, until the day is over, when the day is over in bus, you can, if you leave the base, you can go home or you can just do whatever you want to do. So I was, I couldn't believe that. I said, like, I called my wife, say, hey, actually, you can come here to Coronado. We can get some apartment, and we can leave there. We can be, uh, we, we we can be together. So she drove back to San Diego, and I thought that was like the best, coolest thing. You know, how can you, you can train the seals? And you don't have to be killing these people. You don't have to keep them in prison. They can, they can still go outside. They can still go do things. And uh, for me, that was fantastic. I loved it. No. Don't yeah. what I couldn't do, being old. But at that time, I was thirty uh, over 32 years old, right. going 33. So I kind of like after each day, I look at these young kids, 17, I mean, 18, 19, 20 years old. I'm kind of a bit jealous. I, they just go shake themselves off and just go keep drinking, go back to drinking or party or just enjoying the life. I'm just limping to bed just to go survive <laughs> another day. And yeah, you know, I went down. Yeah, but you've you've proven you can put up with a lot of shit though. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's not bad, you know, getting uh, getting getting off work at seal training, then taking a ride down PB and going to Carl's Jr. for a big Western <laughs> cheeseburger. It's a little no, different. And I was partying. I was. I did. I did. Party. Of course. 
So that well, would be- I, yeah, if, I mean, yeah, it's got it's different in your thirties, I'm sure. But in buds, I think you get in such good shape that you can you can you can drink a little and still work the next oh, day. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching the buds instructors. Uh, the instructors come in. Um, there was one instructor the day after Halloween, and apparently he went as the devil because he showed up to PT and he's still colored red. It's like <laughs> I think that the XO came. I was like, you need to go home and sleep this one off, man. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, is there any any particular bud stories that uh, st- stand well, out? Any- there is actually one I totally forgot about it, and uh, actually uh, uh, Alan uh, Sabiano reminded me about it on the on the LinkedIn. So, you know, like it was second phase, and you remember the rules, right? You, if they, you will not leave the base in the greens, in the uniform. Yeah, right. You will not leave the base. If you no. do, there'll be punishment, or you could actually be kicked out from. You can get kicked out for that, sure. For the trip. So, so, but I was so tired usually, and I leave off base. So, I'm like, well, you know what? I just, I just take my. I just go home right now. I, I, I take a chance. I think it will be okay. Now it's like I'm, I'm almost uh, so long time I'm driving there and nothing happens. Well, well, I'm driving on the, the, my street where I was living. Apartment, little apartment was in the dead end street. So as I'm driving there, there's a huge crowd on this little tiny street. I just have to like I couldn't even drive through it uh, around it because it was that was also packed. So I kind of stopped. It was in the evening, and I was after after the pool comp. So oh, that, shit. That's, I was tired. I was so it was very stressful for me, but I passed it. I was yeah. happy. But oh, this is right after Pulcom. Yeah, right after Pulcom. So oh, that's man. The, 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 the Pulcom day, I'm driving home. So I kind of like stop and like uh, the guy ran up and knocks on the window. So I just rolled the window and say, maybe he can help me get through this crowd. And he just punched me right in the face. So <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, I see the other guy running. It's so open the door. The car is still running. The lights are on. So I didn't think twice. I just the guy was right back to me. So I just knocked him out. I, I remember I even actually kicked him with the head in the head, that he actually rolled over my hood. He fell on my hood and rolled over my hood in front of my car. So imagine then them. So now the, yeah, like that some Hollywood was, shit. Yeah, the dead end. The street was going down. It was not much, maybe like twenty yards, thirty yards where my apartment was from it. So uh, and, and and the second guy ran up to me. I knocked him out as well. And uh, oh, shit. yeah, so the car kind of move away, and I'm thinking like, "Fuck, I'm in my greens." The cops. Yeah, move. this I is a problem. Only, not only I get arrested, I get I get arrested in uniform. I shouldn't even be leaving the base with. I'm screwed. Now I can even move. I cannot move the car because the guy is. Yeah, and I got I got right in front of it. I would just an out cold dude in front of the front tire. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm just like. I just run very quick. I left this car. The doors open. The car is still running. The oh, you left open. the car there? Oh, I left the car there because I, 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 I panicked. So I ran up there. I, I, I ran to uh, I tell my wife, hey, give me civilian clothes. Give me civilian clothes. I need to jump out of this clothes very quick. So uh, she, gave, she like, what happened? What happened? She runs up, up there. She looks up the hill. And there is a car is run, running. The lights are on. And the dude is laying right in front of it. She does Fuck, you killed the guy. You just ran over something. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, no, no, no. I knocked him out. Just give, give me the clothes. So He's funny. I need a safety me. pin. <laughs> yeah, she, she dressed me up in civilian clothes. Uh, by Yo, you shit me. She made it? What's that? She made it with the clothes? No, 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 no. She's in the house because I ran, I ran up to the house. So oh, okay, ran, okay. I didn't know. I didn't want to do that close. I got you. I got you. Crying, said, I killed the guy. I just ran over somebody. Right, and right. We don't even have a full insurance. We had a liability only, I guess. So she she runs 
and uh, she gives me the clothes. I dress up. By the time I made it to the car, the cops shows up. So <laughs> they're kind of funny. All these people kind of disappear. Yeah. And the, the, so the, the one of them, there's like four police officers, I think. Two of police officers holding one of the guys because he's keep painting like every few seconds. The other guy, like totally lost, say, what's your name? They ask this guy. He just looks like, well, it's like, I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, you remember? No. What's this guy's name? I don't know. Hey, can you tell what the other guy, they're holding him. Uh, 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 what's your name? No response. The guy just moved. He's just out. At, and they're fighting. Yeah, fighting every like five seconds. So they say, okay, so what happened? They asked me. I said, well, I was driving here. I didn't know what happened. I see the crowd. I thought maybe accident happened. But this guy ran out to my car and knocked on my window. So I opened the door and he hit me. And then uh, this other guy ran out. He tried to beat me up. And I just defended myself. What are you doing? I say, I'm in the Navy. Oh, okay. So what's going to happen here? We're going to take these guys to emergency room. And then we decide what to do with them. You can just go home. Just give, uh, give us the... A phone number to your work so if something happens we can contact you i was like oh my god so my 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 seal career is over before it even starts yeah yeah and, uh, but i gave them the, the phone number and uh and they hold these guys to to uh to emergency room but they hold them to prison after that they oh they did really them. yeah 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 they, they spent the night in prison so in the jail yeah they took him to jail yeah, of course i didn't know at the time <laughs> but now I'm going, to, going home and tell my wife, so I, I drove my car, parked it, and said, like, look, I think I have to move out because uh, they, they're going to kick me out. I just beat up two guys on the street and, and, and coming from work, from the Navy. That I don't think Navy will tolerate that. So we got a lot of thinking, scratching our heads. So in the morning, I'm going to, to Bats. I got my class leader and say, Mr. Schweitzer, uh, I had an accident. Uh, uh, I kind of like uh, I was defending I, myself. And yeah, guys just passed out, and they took him to the emergency room. But the, I'm telling you that because the police will call here, and uh, they told me they're gonna call here. So I don't know what to do, but please help me. Just look at this, like yeah, we have to tell the instructors, but I think we'll be okay. Did you kind of did you kill them? I said like no. <laughs> they, they seem okay. So yeah, you're fine. And so then. Not even two hours later, Chief Jacob comes up. Did you use any of these? What was they call it? The, not scars. They call it the scars. I think they call this the, the system they were teaching us hand to hand combat. Did you? Yeah, use scars. That? It was scars. Uh -huh. I was like scared to death. If I tell him yes, he was going to kick me out. But then I, I say like, well, say yes. It's like yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, he told you to say yes. And, yeah. So class, come here. Says your class. That system is very effective. As you can see, Prago here, he went <laughs> ass of two motherfuckers up there. That's awesome. You better put your elbow to this training when I teach you that stuff. You better learn well. I was just like thinking, I don't know much of the scars, but. Well, yeah, but you've spent, spent, that, you know, spent so. a little time fighting growing up. So we'll just, I yeah. like how we do that. That we just said, yeah, just say yes. Just, and we we got this. That's yeah, good. Yeah. And then I had instructors coming to me and say, yeah, you did really, really good. I became like a pet. In, in in the in in, in uh, up there because like everybody was coming hey good job you know like, I heard you kick two guys ass up there two, two guys ass yeah I was like what's a big deal about it but then I'm like yeah I did you know those the scars Chief Jaco you know he's yeah perfect play along with it did you ever find out who the guys were 
Uh, not really. They, they came later with the letter that was sent to me. There's like a, apparently they were going to jail for more or they were being, they had to have some, they tried to use the, like a negotiation commission, they call it, like the reconciliation commission. They sent me the letter. They would like to talk to me, you know, and then we would like to make this like, a, like go away. I didn't know what it was. So I just throw away the, the yeah, trash. throw that away. That's they don't you don't want anything that they're not they're not doing you any favors. Just let that one go. Yeah, yeah. So then the, the actually the when I was uh, working with my wife up that street, uh, one of the wives I guess or girlfriends she came up say like, you you didn't want to sign this thing. You know what you did to my husband. You know what you did to my husband and all that stuff. That you know she was like really mean because apparently if I didn't sign it, you didn't want to negotiate. The law then uh, the proceeded normal thing like like he he was the assaulter assaulting me so I think I I don't know they might give, put them to jail for a while or at least give them some suspended sentence because I didn't want to negotiate but I didn't know what it was I didn't want to get myself on the hook for something I didn't know it so I took this letter I read it my wife read it we threw it away uh, but because I was, <laughs> if I knew if I knew what it is most likely I would meet with him and I would say yeah look we. We learned the lesson, you know. I hope you learned the lesson because I was not—I was not doing anything. I was just sitting in the car. I thought it was accident. Maybe somebody needs help. And then when you run out, yeah, the right. Ask me for help, but you just punch me. That—that's uh, what I was talking about. I, oh I yeah, well obviously, that, and that, that's what happened. That's what happened, and I'm sticking to it. But if, if the guy hits you, I mean, obviously he doesn't yeah. know who he's hitting because there's a there's a little bit of a history here with knocking people's <laughs> teeth out, and put them in your pocket. <laughs> So, uh, so that you got, you got good with that third phase, nothing. And then like how, like the Island, you, you start to realize you're going to, you're going to graduate. Yeah. And the Island, I, start, I realized I'm going to graduate, but it was very painful. Everybody concentrates on the hell week and hell week. Oh, is- no. oh, hell week. Yeah, no, I agree. I know what you're going to say, but, but sorry, but- I'm interrupting. <laughs> yeah. But when I went to San Clemente Island and you know, I'm sure you had the same experience. Oh yeah. That was like hell week on steroids. I, I yeah, because it's it's tired. nonstop, and and I, I mean, I was twenty, and it was it was a killer, and and uh, the whole nobody can hear you scream. That's why nobody ever hears about the island. There's no days off. It's like forty plus straight days, and I think there's booze out there. The instructors are hitting a little tour as the day goes on. The guns are away. They beat you a little more. <laughs> yeah, they made me sing. They made like, you the, sing. The, the whole class. It's like love me tender, love me too. I remember still, and I, I like. I beat people up, but I never sang in my life. <laughs> uh, I I would not dare to sing. What was what and, was your feeling um uh about great whites? Because I know a lot of guys go out there and they're afraid of great white sharks. Did you even care about well, the sharks? I didn't sharks? know what it was at the time. I didn't. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like you, yeah. whatever. It's just. You know, I tell you how naive I was when I when when they told me first time. So you know, you always deserve. To do the get wet and sandy, right? Make yourself look like a sugar cookie. So you, I I run with the other guys who are sent to get wet and sandy, and uh, and a sugar cookie, and I see them. They just run like a maybe ankle deep water. They throw themselves in the water and just roll themselves. Then go and roll themselves in the sand. I said right. that's pretty stupid. It's pretty cold. I, I I just want to go and take it just like a man. So I say I'm. I see the big rolling wave. I say, what I'm going to do? I'm going to just duck and let the wave let, roll. Let, let, the, let, let the let gravity do the rest. <laughs> oh wow! I almost ripped my hands and legs off. I didn't understand the power of the ocean. I, <laughs> I, 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 after it rolled me. 
for for quite little. I, I I couldn't breathe. I was just I swallowed water. I was just I got out and it's like, holy shit! I better follow these guys. They know what they do. <laughs> so so <then laughs> yeah. I just said, by never again. I, I said myself to be roll over the, with the wave. Yeah, and the I, waves are the, the waves are powerful. When I came from Montana, when I came from Montana, I I said oh, I was my swim buddy was a surfer. And I said, uh, so when you you're a surfer, when you is it, when you fall, is it like when when I fall skiing? And he goes, well, sort of. Except when you when you fall skiing, the mountain doesn't fall on top of you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Wow, that was scary for me. I just, just didn't know what uh, happened. Yeah. I was up and down, up and down. My hands went more and legs went So so yeah. Hey, so so what I what I would like to do now is uh, take a break because. We're through training. We're through because the skydiving I want to talk about too, but I got to get into SEAL Team 2. I got to get into uh, Sarajevo. I got to get your, your deployment with your and my deployment with the Dream Team to Egypt. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna break off here for a second. We're, we're going to get into that um, if if you don't okay. mind in, in, in a bit. Can you please uh, just, yeah, just skydiving? What's that? No, no, no. After this, let me come back for a second to skydiving. When I was okay, yeah, yeah, go, 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 go with it, go with it. Because I, I don't, I just want to make sure we so, have enough time to talk about SEAL Team Two and all that good stuff. Oh, okay. So before, before I joined the Navy, I was uh, teaching. I was a jump master, AFF jump master. I was teaching skydiving or helping teaching skydiving in the West Memphis Skydiving Center. So uh, I remember when I started skydiving, it was by accident, pretty much. I met the girl who decided who wanted who told me about that about jumping that she jumped with the parachute and told me that I have to do it. She was kind of pretty. So I said like I'm okay. <laughs> and, and I didn't want to disappoint her. So I went up there and found in the in the in the phone somewhere where uh, where the jumping is and uh and called them. They say okay come here. So I want so I, I went there and asked how can I jump? So well you cannot jump you have to do the tandem jump first. I say okay so I can do one tandem jump. How much I pay for it? Went up there, I jump. Well, I had to do it again. I said, "Well, I, can I do it again?" Oh yeah. So I guess if the because it was at the end of the day, if the day w- was longer, I would be keep jumping the tandem jumps. I would spend all my money on it. I just I was hooked. The first jump I was hooked. Just the first tandem jump hooked you. Okay, first that's really, jump, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah. I love too how you, it's because of a girl. A lot of really bad decisions are made because of a girl. <laughs> So I, I ask, uh, uh, how can I jump on my own? I want to jump with my own parachute. Well, you cannot just put the parachute and jump. You need to be trained for it. You need to, te- to teach you. So the AFF classes uh, cost so and so much. You do yeah. seven jumps, and after that, you can jump on your own. So I say, okay, uh, when can I start? I say, well, and how long does it take to make those seven jumps? They say well, usually the people make two jumps a week, so maybe two three weeks, and you will be jumping on my on your own. <laughs> After three weeks, I say, okay, when can I start? Well, it's Sunday now, so we can start on we can start on Thursday. I say, okay, so we start on Thursday, and on Saturday I was jumping on my own. I, I passed. Uh, oh, you got you Saturday. got all this everything done in a day and day and a half. Day and a half, and then I was just jumping on my own, and I borrow I borrow somebody's parachute. And I was jumping with somebody with borrowed parachute. So How many jumps were you doing a day? Because I know you love it. Because you you actually I mean, we'll get into that we'll get into that later. But you you taught me how to pack um um uh, oh. reserve shoots. We were doing that in the in the airloft. Oh but yeah. How many, how many jumps did you have? Uh, did you get? What did you do a day? 
uh, at the day when I was uh, becoming skydiver, I did four the four jumps first day and three jumps second day. So I had a seven day Saturday. I came to jump on my own. Uh, um, so that was that was awesome. But anyway, we were jumping in Memphis from pretty high altitude, so around 14,000 feet. Yeah. So I, I, I accumulate a lot of free fall time, and uh, I decided to actually go become an instructor. Yeah, right. So I went. Yeah. So I went to become instructor. I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they pair us up. There was a bunch of other skydivers way more experienced than I was. They paired me up with a guy like 1,600 jumps at the time. So I say, uh, but his 1,600 jumps, he had the same amount of free fall time that I had maybe like with 500 jumps. So we're pretty much even. <clears throat> so everything was, well, we had an agreement because the way it looked is one time I, one time my, 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 uh, uh, fellows, the other student I was paired up with had to do class. Uh, first, there were the, the uh, instructors were preparing us how to do these classes, what to talk about. We had all material we had to study overnight and then come back and do the class. So agreement was that if I teach you something, you're going to answer correctly because we knew all the answers, right? So you answer correctly because if you don't answer correctly and I don't catch it, then the instructor, the real instructor, uh, from USPA, uh, uh, US, USPA uh, commission would jump and made that mistake that you didn't cover. So I, I kind of like uh, we had an agreement that we will do it. Uh, we'll answer uh, we will answer questions correctly, and I he did fine. I did fine. We went through quite a few of these classes, and uh, but uh, I remember there's a te term that we call it about the hard deck. What is your hard deck uh, for, what is hard deck for student is 2000 feet. Yeah. The hard deck was understood that by the 2000 feet, you have to make decision if you have malfunction, either by the 2000 feet, you either cut away your main and open your reserve parachute mm -hmm. or you ride to the ground what you have. So, at, uh, so at 2000 feet? 2000 feet. Uh, okay. you, you pull at much higher altitude, but yeah, you yeah. Have Function. If you have malfunction, you, you just you cut it away. This is not yeah, just two thousand yeah, feet. Okay, cut yeah. away by below two thousand feet for, for student. You shouldn't. So you have to make that that decision by two thousand feet. Either you ride malfunction to the ground, yeah. the canopy even malfunction gets still safe land, or you cut away and you open your reserve, open your reserve. So I did uh, when everything cool and then we came to this point. We are waiting at the airplane. So my uh, guy who was pretending that he is a student will change with a real instructor and I'll take a real instructor in the air and then demonstrate my proficiency in, in, the, in, in, the, in the air. So we came to this point and asked him, well, now, uh, uh, Mr. Student, tell me about your hard dig. He's like, look at me. It's like, <laughs> well, I can't, I can't tell you. What do you mean? I say, what's your hard dig? He's like... <laughs> What I, I, well, 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 I can't tell you that. Why, why you ask? I say, well, I, I'm thinking maybe I just ask him di differently. So tell me about your 2,000 foot hard dick. <laughs> this guy's like, I don't have a 2,000 foot hard dick. <laughs> hard dick. I'm like, fuck. I, I'm a stab. I look and I say, I fail. I think I'm like, I fail. But all these guys from the SPA commission, they were grading me. They're just laying on the ground. Oh, that's so funny. I was like, <laughs> tell so me that, about your hard dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then I was like, okay, now tell me about your hard 
thick. And that <laughs> there, it there it is. There it is. There it is. Tell me about your two thousand foot hard dick, please. So <laughs> my my nickname was Geronimo because Geron Geron Geronimo. So they call me Geronimo. So I became known as like neighboring drop zones, uh, skydiving drop zones, as a Geronimo with two thousand foot hard dick. That's that is I show. Oh, incredible. Geronimo with that that is one of the best stories I've ever heard. Two thousand foot Dick Geronimo. That's wonderful. So for one reason or another, we usually end up talking about guns at some point here, and um, whether it's one type or the other. Have you checked out F one firearms? I've mentioned them before. We've had them these customized guns at our some charity events before. They've made them with chainsaws and flamethrowers on them, which can be excessive but really cool. Um, their new uh, HDR 10 308 models out, and you just check out their pistols. F1 Firearms has uh, five and a half inch pistols, eight and a half. Um, they're with the same finishes, but there's more to come. Very light rail systems, custom thumb and finger rest to keep your index finger in line with the apex of the trigger. And uh, F1 Firearms, is j just like me, actually, people pleasers. They're customized, um, sick anodized colors. The colors are great. They're worth checking out. The grips are light with paracord, uh, skeletonized technology. The 5.56 Durabolt bolt carrier groups are really cool. Law enforcement and, and military models, the AR-10, AR-15, 9mm. Every receiver set is fit out of the box. The rails are contoured to the upper, so there's absolutely no wiggle, and the angle of the safety can be custom the way you like it. They can be as pretty and cool as you want. Uh, out of the box, ready to show off. They are out to succeed, and they are ready to win right out of the box. Check out F1 Firearms. Okay, so at this point, we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. If you're like me, you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. This will change your world. This whole week, I've been using ExpressVPN to binge watch the UK The Office, the first one. It's simple to do. Just fire up ExpressVPN, the app, change my location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where the site wants to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just imagine all the Netflix libraries you can go through. You love Korean dramas? Use ExpressVPN to parasite off of South Korean Netflix. Uh, check out the Australian reality shows. There's, there's funny reality shows. There's stuff about Crocs, and they pretty much speak English in Australia. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service like Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. And you can stream in HD, no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices. So your phone, media console, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the big, uh, big screen or on the go. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash theoperator right now. And you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash theoperator expressvpn.com slash the operator go there and learn more on the heels of the second largest bank failure in u.s history and the eighth interest rate hike within a 12-month period 186 more banks are at risk of collapsing your bank could be next unless the fed does what they just did back in march and print 300 billion dollars out of thin air making your dollar worthless not to mention 
the recession risk that could have a significant impact on your investment and retirement accounts. Take my advice. Protect your financial future with something real, gold and silver, from my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. Since the beginning of time, there has been only one universal currency that is always of value, and that is gold. Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings in the industry, five stars with TrustLink, a AAA rating with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You can invest with confidence because of the quality and service of Allegiance Gold. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwiththeoperator.com today or give them a call at 844-790-9191. Don't let the Fed play Monopoly with your money. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwiththeoperator.com or give them a call at 844-790-9191. All right, so then it's from Buds out east to SEAL Team 2. Why did you pick two? Did you put it on your dream sheet? Well, actually, I didn't right away. First, I wanted to go to SEAL Team 4 because, as you know, from Vietnam era SEALs, that's where we're coming post-Vietnam. I wanted to go to jungle. I want to go all jungle warfare, all that stuff. But then a friend of mine uh, talked me into, got to SEAL Team 2, and everybody was saying, hey, you speak Russian, Polish, Japanese, so you need to go to SEAL Team 2. So I say, okay. So I switched my, uh, I changed my uh, request, uh, my and and. I was sent to CL Team Two. That's how I ended up at CL Team Two. Just because, yeah, good advice. What what uh, what year was that? That was nineteen and nine, uh, end of nineteen ninety three, I think, in nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Okay, that and was th- I graduated when I was thirty three years old. Outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what was it like getting to Team Two? Well, that was something. No, you know. I didn't know anything. I wanted to present myself the best possible uh, way. So I did uh, put my best uniform, dress blues. The, I polished my shoes all night. The whitest hat I had. When I show up on the quarter deck, you know, they check my uh, documents. They, uh, I, I went through Master Chief, I think, Intro, Exo, and, and I think CO, uh, Commanding Officer. And they, they sent me to get my stuff from the supply and just get ready. Well, I didn't make the supply. I was just, uh, I was calling in the middle of it by other old team guys. I already kind of knew what's going to happen. So then I had to do full PT uh, and test in my dress blue. So basically pull-ups, <laughs> sit-ups, push-ups. Then I ran three miles. By the time I was over, my dress blue uniform was torn up, all sweaty, dirty. It was not really good for the uniform, but actually it was fun. So I did it. I, 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 I did everything they said, and they kind of liked me, so they well, yeah. <laughs> they let me go. Then That's I went a, to supply, uh, got my stuff. Did you ran the three miles in the in the new shoes? Yeah, in those lacquer, uh, polished, like super nice shoes. Yeah. My uniform, those bell bottom things, and I was holding ass, so they can see those. Those pants were just flying. Like, there was a, a bad people looking. They thought I'm crazy. When they yeah, well, they probably didn't uh, didn't expect you to pass it, but they uh, passing it was really good for your reputation right off the bat. I'd I'd bet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was hanging on those pull up bars. Like it took me a while that, before until they told me to get off. So I was banging was these pull up sit ups. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and then. Uh, so then and then I went and then I went to buy a new uniform because that oh, yeah, uniform that was, was already done. 
Did uh, um, so then STTs right after that at the time it was SEAL tactical training, which the each coast put their guys through it. That was the, that was right for you, yeah. Yes, but it didn't happen very smoothly. I went, everything went smooth until we came to the encryption, you know, the crypto stuff and the the, the secret secret stuff. So me it was another guy, good friend of mine, Scotty Scott Linton. So we went and we set the entire course. Then we say we next day we have to have exam the test, and the instructor comes up to our desk, like look at us, say, Hey guys, do you have a clearance? Do you have a secret clearance? It's like I don't know what it is. No, I guess I'm not. Scott, well, I'm not US citizen yet. <laughs> so so we're just like, okay, you guys need to go with me right now and he took us outside say do not ever mention you are sitting through this course don't tell anybody you get your clearances then you come back take another test you don't have to go through the course because you already were sitting on it you already know everything at least he hooked you up that could have been a lot worse oh could be a lot worse yeah 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 yeah. so so you know i got my clearance because i was born in foreign country so it took a little bit longer time i guess to get it scott eventually got his citizenship entire platoon went to his citizens citizenship ceremony yeah that was really cool and we deploy as seals where was he from he He was from great britain he was british okay Okay. (laughs) that was funny i'm not a citizen what secrets (laughs) are you talking about so then, um, you know, STT is, you know, you just learn stuff, get a certificate. That's part of the process. I'm just explaining it to, to people. Um, uh, probationary period, Trident board where they ask you rapid fire questions and like you're putting together machine guns and, you you know, uh, a minimum explosive or I'm sorry, minimum distance for explosive, all that stuff. Uh, then you get a Trident, you become a Navy SEAL and then they put you in a platoon. Now, how was platoon life? Well, platoon life, acting platoon life, you experience the same thing because we are the old school. Yes. Uh, so we uh, were not uh, SEALs. We were MEAT or meat. FN, FNGs, fucking yeah, new guys. Fucking new guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that stuff, like I remember first time they came in and they asked me to, uh, like me, other few other new guys invite for the beer kegger. You remember at SEAL oh, yeah. 2 and 4, every Friday we finish work at 12 then it was mingle time at the the kegger of beer. So awesome. we were drinking beer for a few hours and then go home. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, as a new guy, when we were invited, so we were very impressed. These old seals are going to mingle with us. They're gonna, I'm sure we can learn a lot of cool stories. And it happened. We as soon as we show up, they jumped us, taped yeah. us. And they hang us up on the highway like a bats upside down by our legs on those <laughs> co- on those on those uh-huh. chains, you know. Yeah, I know. So, so we we're just hanging there for, and then they just lower us a few times down. They put the they pour the beer in our guts, and then just pour us. Well, we we're hanging there for quite some time, and I was just worried that they forget about us. You know, they they yeah, let, that's, they that's leave us for a night. That would be scary. <laughs> but down, that's going to be pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the hazing. I mean. You know, Navy's trying to clamp down on. I think it. I liked it. Not, I mean, within reason, because it makes you feel like you're part of the team. And eventually, it stops. I remember the first time I went to one of those. I was like, "Well, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to just have a few beers, and when they start getting tipsy, I'm out of here." And it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't work like that because as soon as you show up, you're fucked <laughs> <laughs> and taped. <laughs> Most yeah, likely, happy. Yeah. We actually, when I had new guys, I think in my last platoon, I I invented the iron meat triathlon or a heptathlon or something and somehow we got access to the base pool 
And so we had them doing drills in a monster mash and, you know, shotgun a beer. It's just, yeah. I mean, always alcohol involved, but I think it's good for camaraderie as long as nobody gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? You, you learn who the guy is, what the guy is made of. If, you have, if he has that thin skin, you really have no business to be in the That's teams. True. And when you see the guys freaking out and just, you know, Threatening. I'm going to tell on you. Well, well you know yeah, to stay away yeah. from the guy. Yeah, I, I'm not one to get claustrophobic, but I was never a big fan of the happy hat with the handle. <laughs> you know, they can take your entire face up and then drag you around by your head. You can't see and you can't breathe, but you're with friends. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's very useful. It is very useful, that, especially the handle when you have to have a prisoners and carry them. You know, just safely carry them uh, out of the target. So that handle actually helps a lot. That says we could not use we uh, we could not we go back. We'll go back to this to Iraq, but it was very uh, helpful tool, you know. To it's good training, good training, yeah. <laughs> so okay, the platoon. Then you go. Uh, what was the deployment like? You went. To, didn't you, was Bosnia going yet? Uh, that was Bosnia going. On. My no, my first yeah, Bosnia was going on. My first platoon was when O'Grady was. Oh shut yeah, down. We, shut down. yeah, well, yeah. So that was pretty uneventful. There was really nothing special uh, going on until the second platoon when I uh, returned to Bosnia again. And that time we, were, we got involved in some of that stuff. And it was under uh, uh, command of, uh, I have to say his name, Mr. Berrien. What a great officer. I yeah, mean, cool. I, had a, I was so lucky to having awesome, fantastic officers and leaders in my platoon. So yeah, that was also the same platoon where uh, I met the the strongest, I think, Navy SEAL I met in the SEAL teams, uh, and Chris Stroop. I'm oh, using yeah. the, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm using these names because only with, if I have explicit permission. Some of these guys I can't say because I didn't, I don't, I didn't get in touch with them, or I, 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 it's hard to get in touch with some of these guys. So I'm only using names where I have explicit permission to use the That's name. Cool, so Chris Stroop. You know, we went to France to visit the French guys that didn't like us, didn't like to work us. They were like a bunch of that commando, whatever the name of their commando is. There was the naval commando, but they were so little tiny guys in the, in their sweats, like looking like ballerinas, doing jumping jacks, like having the, you know, this five pounders and waving the five pound weights and, you know, like the jumping. That was so funny. But so when Chris showed up, he just put a bunch of plates on the on, on their bar and the, the chest press. He picked it up and I think I did only one and ba bar bent. Bar bent. And the weight started, <laughs> started falling off. So they freaked out. They didn't like us already because oh, yeah, they, didn't you, want to, you, they did not want to work like with a, us. Yeah. So they got pissed that we went and damaged their equipment. Like a so bunch then, of terminators. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then Robert came in. He put like a, a, for the military press. Uh, weights. Then he put as much weight as like two of these French uh, commandos were waiting together. And that didn't work well either. So we just would basically wreck their gym. <laughs> they hated us even more. <laughs> and, and that was it. But, you know, that was that was funny. I heard, a, I heard a joke about um, someone said, hey, I'm selling a French assault rifle. It's never been fired and only dropped once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at it during Second World War, they lasted less than 30 days, 30 days, and they gave up and half of the country cooperated with Germany. Uh, so that was kind of bad. You know, uh, I, I don't have much respect for that. They are great guys. I'm sure this great oh, yeah. nation. But the Macron now is uh, it's like another Joseph, little Joseph Stalin Jr. up there. So yeah, anyway. yeah. 
Well, I mean, the resistance was strong during World War II, but uh, you know, you got a you got the brand new German Blitzkrieg flying through. I don't know if a lot of the <laughs> a lot of a lot of civilians aren't fighting. They're you know they don't want to spill their wine. <laughs> I love I love French <laughs> and the French language. I'm just making jokes. Everyone, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we went up there. You know, we, we can talk about all this dark side stuff of SEAL teams, but, you know, you can find any book and you can read about it. You can read the, 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 the toll that we pay. So I'm glad we can bring the lighter side of SEAL yeah. teams. Because it's yeah. not only that the gruesome, bad stuff, but it's also fun stuff. So when, oh, we, went yeah. to, when we went to Sarajevo, it was actually the first time that we were doing some real live missions. And I remember the bad thing about it was, at Midrats, we could wear civilian clothes, but unfortunately, there were no cookies at Midrats. They refused to <laughs> give us the cookies. So every time, because me, Chris, and my platoon, like Steve Wolf, hey, Steve, uh, our LPOs, yeah. we went to work out late at night, and at Midrats, we go eat in civilian clothes, of course. And one night, they always say, no, there's no cookies for you guys. This is no cookies for at Midrats. I look at the table that, like, dude, like, in my age, I was a bit older. I was, like, 34, 5 years old, 37 years old. Seats that have a full plate of cookies. I say, what about that guy? You know, what? Yeah. It's like, well, he's general, so he can have his cookies. I say, mm, okay. So, like, a couple of days later, I'm coming out. I say, I need, I want my cookies. There is no cookies. Go and tell the, che the chef that General Giran is here, and I want my cookies at that <laughs> table right there. I just point some random table. Dude, I haven't seen anybody moving so fast. Oh, he yeah? just dropped everything he had run behind the kitchen up there somewhere, oh. blah, 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 blah. And dude is coming out not even five minutes later with huge plate I of cookies that. on the table. So my <laughs> other guy's coming and say, Drago, how did you do that? I say, shh, shh, just call me General. <laughs> at least around these people. But it got me in trouble too a little bit because now I could not eat uh, up there where a lot of people were signing up for the meal because they always greeted me. As a general. <laughs> Good evening, General Geron. So I was like, you know, if a real general, NATO general will be there, they're going to bust me. So I was I trying could, to... I can see that happen. And I, <clears throat> I know your affinity for uh, sweets. I was at the, the baseball game at the Yankee Stadium the other day and I saw that huge tray of cookies and cakes and yeah, yeah. i had to send you that picture i'm like dude i wish you were here you would destroy this whole thing i love it <laughs> so, yes. uh, you know that 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 platoon was the because when i graduated when i got the seal team two in 1997 january um when we were filling out where we wanted to go i i picked seal team two because of what you guys were doing uh because i there was nothing going on pre 9-11 yeah I got, we're most active yeah so i got it i went out there and then uh I, you know when and plus, I heard about the UCOMs. You would do the European uh, deployments with per diem, and you're living in Germany and you're traveling Europe. I didn't get that at first. I did a Marg on a flight, <laughs> boat, which you know, hanging out with a bunch of sailors and Marines and seeing nothing but man ass. That's kind of like going to Oktoberfest. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know what? Also, like when we were with uh, in Sarajevo and Tuzla later uh, in these locations, we worked out so much that we became like 200 pounds. Club. Everybody wants to be above 200, and my entire platoon was above 200. Matter of, matter of fact, when we went to brief, we had to once every week, I think we had to attend briefs with army guys and army people. Hmm. So there was army lieutenant uh, uh, at the screening as we are walking in. So we sit down, she called my uh, officer, Mr. Berrien, say, hey, lieutenant, uh, 
you can tell your guys they can take their body armor. They don't need to bring their body armors <laughs> oh with you. It's like, man, they just look like that. They don't have body armors. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> they don't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she thought that we are coming in with the body armors. We say, he's safe here. We're in the headquarters. They don't have to wear body armors. That's awesome. <laughs> like, we didn't. <laughs> well, that now that's like our platoon because when, when I finished my first at two, they had to throw that strike platoon for the carrier to get the that was the first one, yes. And, and that was the only the only reason I got it as a second platoon was because I'd finished sniper school and you needed a sniper. And that was it. And like we got another guy because he was a comms guy, and we got another guy because he was a corpsman. And then they threw us together. Uh, and that platoon, I'm still convinced, was an all-star team. That's oh, uh brother. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That's uh like even uh, I remember so Jocko was in that platoon, and he, he said uh he said, you know, when we were drafting in this platoon, I really wanted to get tiny. Just I want a tiny in the platoon, you know, our guy tiny, not yeah, 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 yeah. And he yeah. said, because I just Brian. want I want tiny to stand behind me with his arms crossed and no look in his face as I'm briefing, just so people hear me and look at him. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we became the best friends, you know. You remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, because that I think where, where I really was impressed with you was when we did that 50 click hump and I was carrying the 60. Uh, just like we, we, so I'm carrying a 60 and we had a West coast platoon chief. So he used to the desert. He, he had us carry a minimum of 10 quarts of water, which you don't need to do if you have iodine or a pump, whatever. So it's heavy. Yeah. As shit. <laughs> I started getting blisters. Like the second I stepped off the truck, we had 50 <laughs> in the mountains, the Ozark. Through the mountains. Yeah. What impressed me though, is I'm sitting there and I remember saying something about be, being dehydrated. You didn't take your ruck off. You just reached behind, you knew where it was and you handed me tang. Drink tang. I was like, you, you're squared away, dude. You know exactly what you're doing. And that's where you and I started hanging out every damn day. That's Chief Leith Patella. Uh, um, I hope I can uh, say letter, his yeah. name. He he was the biggest, uh, one of the biggest influencers in my career. This is the guy I always wanted to emulate. And I failed most, most of the time because no the guy was like not, not, you could not... You could not be the hardest one of the hardest men in the SEAL teams, and also one of the best chiefs I think in the in, I, I met. Who he can see this care for his people. It, it was incredible. But I, I had a, I was very lucky. I need to admit that I have a you know chief chief uh, chief Baggett, chief. Uh, 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 there's so many good chiefs yeah. that, and, and officers. I never seen bad one yet, and or, or, or I'm. I may like less or more some of them, but I never seen the bad one yet. That so yeah, those. <clears throat> but I remember too on this hump, on this on this hump, this fifty click. That's what impressed me because you were carrying them sixty, yeah. and and you know we're carrying those pea shooters. It's like wait nothing. But so one day I came saying, hey, you know what? We can switch the guy. I can just help you maybe carry it. It almost killed me. I was like, no, I'm carrying my own shit. I'm carrying my own weight, brother. I don't need any help. Even if I, I'd rather die here than I was, do. I was carrying 500 rounds of ammo. Yeah. Water yeah. And I'm humping the pig and all the shit you need. And, uh, uh, me being me now at 47 years old, I would I would have let you carry you know 200 rounds of ammo. <laughs> like I don't I don't need to prove this shit. If if I need that much ammo, you you I'll, you'll either hand it to me or I'll take it out of your ruck. No, but you impress that, everybody. That was good experience, man. Learning how to live out of the ruck, how to pack a bag right, how to carry the right shit, and you learn a lot about people too. That's yeah, you, you you impress everybody in that plateau. Oh, thank you. That was I mean I impressed the hell out of me. I mean, <laughs> and you. you were not that big at the time either. Oh. So I, see, I, I was just thinking like, how this guy fucking put up with this shit? Well, that so. was we got we got big later because I think Jocko, as the AOIC, said everyone in this platoon needs to 
bench press at least 300 pounds. And he was the one that said, I don't care what else you do. Can you carry me with all my stuff on after I'm shot? We need to be strong. And yeah. so we did. And then we yeah. got on that. We started lifting hard, but then you and I got on that carrier. And I remember, and I'm not trying to brag, but like we would warm up with 100 pull-ups. That's that's a warm-up for the back workout. Then you get heavy. And then we get heavy. They put the 45 plates between our legs and then and do the pull-ups. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was... I'm not, I'm not doing that today, but... You know what I like about the carrier, though? I think we could eat 24 hours a day, so they'd have cheeseburgers all the time. Except cookies in the Midrats. <laughs> yeah, you remember that? Yeah. There's like, yeah. And I spot one day the dude walking with the big like plate above his head uh, full of cookies. So I'm just <laughs> walking behind him. Where is he going? Sure, he is going to Chief's Mess. So uh, the uh, damn Chief's Mess, yeah. Yeah. Ne next Chief, day, Chief <laughs> Chief he, yeah, he was walking with like a very narrow hallway. So I just I hit myself in the kind of corner. And as soon as he passed me, I just walked behind him, just <laughs> grabbed a couple of them the other way. And I was going there for two, three, two, three, I think, days. I was so happy. Then I think I take you with me. I don't remember. I think it was you. Probably. So I said, look, look what's going to happen. I just, we just got to just pick the cookies. It'll be okay. So I'm walking to the guy. I just get my hands. I'm ready to grab those cookies. Uh -huh. on his head. He turns around. So that was you stealing my cookies, the chief's cookies. Okay, what's your name? So I just like <laughs> cover my ass and, and beat the other way. He couldn't chase me with this big. <laughs> He's like going around corners with that big plate of cookies. I remember. Uh, I remember they were counting. They were counting those cookies. So every time he showed up, like six, seven cookies less. He was. I think they were getting pissed. So then he was escorted to that mess. There was him that that, that, that cook a, was going another cook with him. Because <laughs> Gerardo's so, cooking. I remember a challenge and reply that you had if I found something good, cookies or maybe some booze or something else. I would say candy gram for Drago. Drago loves candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was yeah. fun. We were on the JFK CV67. We did stop in Egypt, which I mean, it was all right. Like <laughs> we got sick. We got sick. Well, there's flies everywhere. Uh, there's yeah. a, a pizza hut across the street. And I even remember Jocko saying to us, so unimpressed. He goes, all right, here's the pyramids. You got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was funny. I remember just the, the thing that I remember from Egypt was having uh, those big slabs of meat hanging. And they were black. Yeah. They were black. You remember? It was until from when we when we're driving bus, we can look at and see all these black slabs of meat. I was like, "What is this?" And then the guy came in, just waved the hand, the and flies. those flies showed up, and the meat turned out red. So turned out red. So I remember, yeah, I remember saying like, I used to wonder when they would show those starving people in Africa, and they had their bugs in their eyes. I'm like, why don't they just wipe them out? You know why? Because it doesn't matter. Because they're just <laughs> so many. You can't. Yeah. So yeah. So, then we went through the ditch, and we we. I don't know how. I think uh, Q, our OIC, worked some magic where we got a live. We went to Bahrain and we yeah. didn't. We got to live off base. I think it was called Lanai Plaza. Is that right? Yeah, because there was no space on base. They had to put us outside the base somewhere in the hotel. Yeah, it was fun. So, we had uh, we uh, we were able to celebrate the millennium. The I remember the party that we had. It was so much fun because everything was locked down for some reason. I, one of the pictures I still have is there's people laying. The party's over. People are like, there's one part, there's a table with four panes of glass. One pane of glass had shattered because obviously someone threw the table, but people would walk by and set their drinks on it and there's no glass there. It just falls to the floor. There's a picture <laughs> of this table covered in drinks and cans and bottles and below it is just a bunch on the floor because people didn't realize there's no glass there. 
Well, that was a fun party. Oh, God, God. Yeah, it was a fun party. It was the millennial party. I will never forget that. That was the be- one of the best one. Of the best one. And yeah, yeah. we have those pictures to prove it, right? <laughs> yeah, pictures to prove it. You came rolling in in some officer's uniform with a cigar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what happened is one of our guys almost threw an officer, uh, the Air Force yeah, well, officer. All, all, yeah, down, the, down the stairs, five flights. Down the- Five flights down the stairs. Straight down, not down the stairs. I'm talking straight down the middle. Straight down, yeah, yeah, on the concrete. But I think he caught her by her ankles. He caught her by, yeah, and that's when the party ended. <laughs> and the, well, no, that's when I came back with uh, the oh, okay. her uniform on me. Uh, I was, the party ended for her. <laughs> party ended for her, but started for us too. So I, I was, there, I was partying in her uniform with the lieutenants, and so. I, I got I'll post that one. We there's a picture where someone had thrown. The, I think Scott Neal threw the couch against the wall. It's leaned up there. And then one of our guys decided he was peeing out the window on the fifth floor, and he decided, outside the window he was standing on the ledge, he, holding, he, holding he, for the. He was thinking he could fly. Yeah, yeah, he was telling us, "Hey, I can fly." We're like, "No, no, no, you cannot fly, brother." <laughs> well, because we were drinking out of that devil horn. That devil I, horn, yeah. Weird shit happened when we drank out of that horn. I think it was the devil's horn because devil's horns. There's on the picture. There's on the yeah, picture. That, he yeah. is <laughs> actually holding the devil's horn. Everybody, every one of us, yeah, when we, we drank from that. Something went wrong for that for for, for, for the guy drinking. Yeah, yeah, something. You know something who we got that horn from was Tiny. Oh, that's why they. So he probably ripped thing. it off the devil's head himself. I know what. Tiny <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we did. So we did get one mission on that deployment, and that was when that Russian tanker was smuggling Iraqi oil. And, yes, uh, and then we and we that was the first. I think that was the first uh, Hilo born. Um, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not VBSS. VBSS, yeah. Well, hijacking. I, I can, uh, Jacko corrected me very quickly that this is VBSS <laughs> mission. But you know, basically, we hijacked the tanker. So that's how I say it. We just flew up there, a rope on it, and that uh, took over. I had the best seat in the house because I was a sniper. I was sitting outside the 60 with my nods on. And I got to watch you guys go through that. Didn't shoot anybody, but you were just fucking people up. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were bad guys anyway. But you know yeah, what? This is we yeah. remember before we went on that mission. I woke up to you and say, "Bro, I'm so glad you are in that hilo. I, just, I feel so safe." You know, there are some guys like you, Jacko, and so many other people that make me feel invisible. You know, like nothing can happen to me. And I, I think I woke up to you, say, "Bro, this is so good." Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm totally. We had trust, some, trust we had you. some pipe hitters in that platoon, man. That was a great, and and almost everyone did bench press three hundred. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The funny thing is when we finally when we took over this tanker, you know, we searched, we took all the weapons out and, and we took it to, to the, the destroyer we were on. Uh it was and we, took, we had that flag. I have a picture of us with that Russian flag too. Yeah, yeah. So so we took it down and the next crew came to change us, right? Because we were tired. We we, we we when they came back, they came back with big bag of hunting stuff and say Guys, you left all the weapons. There was poor search. All these weapons are right yeah. here. And me and Jacko look inside. It's like, dude, this is butter knives and forks. And Jacko takes binoculars. He look at it. So you stole the butter knives and forks, and you leave this axe hanging on the door. What do you <laughs> So So they were like, didn't say much. But that, that was funny. But the problem was, when I went, we change again. So I'm going back on the ship and I speak Russian. So they come to me and say, Mr. Mr. We need our forts and our butter knives. We, can, we cannot eat. I said, what do you mean you cannot eat? Eat with your hands, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we don't have a teeth. And she, she pulled out and, 
they all, like there was four or five of them pleading wow. for the butter knives, they pull out, there would be even one full set of teeth among the entire crew. They had no teeth. They couldn't eat. So Jacko told these other guys to bring the butter knives and the forks knives back, back to them. You <laughs> fucking war heroes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was yeah, funny so, part. That was a great deployment. I learned a ton on that deployment. Oh, yes. the, amount, the amount of experience. I think like the, at the end, we had three guys that were chiefs in yes. that because it seemed yes. good. And then we... Then we Let me on. mention very quick, Jacko yeah. welcomes us into the platoon. I think you remember that. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to, he just look at us. I'm going to choke out, choke out entire platoon in like, I don't know, five or 10 minutes. Uh-huh. So we're like, yeah, right. <laughs> and then, and then every like every 30 seconds, you can hear the tapping out yeah. or somebody passing out. So they just like shake his legs, you know, and, and bring him back to consciousness. So I remember like three three guys like, hey, you know, I forgot, but I, I have something to do. I'll be right back. Yeah. And they never showed up. So basically he choked out the entire platoon. He choked out the whole platoon. And, and, and you, yeah. I mean, he was an animal back then. I, I can't imagine how good he is now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. He, he told he, us. He was teaching us, and he was so good. I you remember we wrestled. We were partners on it. We, but eventually it was like, you kick me in the balls. No, you kick me in the balls. <laughs> so we, we was becoming serious. You know, one time you were choking me out. One, another one, I was choking you out. But so we're pretty much even set up. But... Yeah, because oh, yeah, they had me, you, and Scotty Neal. And Scotty, I, was, I remember getting choked out by him, and I was complaining as I'm seeing the everything fall in. I remember saying, but this guy can bench press a Buick. Jesus. Because <laughs> it was just... There was not a lot of technique, just raw strength and try to fight. Oh, them. yeah. You remember another Scotty when I was wrestling with him and, and I'm, I'm I'm choking him, you know, wrapped him up pretty good. And and then Jacko started prying me out and the, uh, Jacko and Mr. Uh, uh, I think Feldman said, stop, stop, Drago, let him go. It's like, no, he's stepping out. I say, no, he's not. He's stepping out. I say, no, he's not. I don't hear it. Hey, they, they pry me out. So did you hear the... Kind of like I say, yeah, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who was saying that. I say, no, that was him. And then Scotty came to himself. Say, dude, I had no breath. I couldn't even say tap, tap, tap. All I could say was like tip, tip, and passed out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. We had our little dojo right down there in the yeah, yeah, app SAS. That was where they used to store the nuclear weapons. We had a gym. We had our stadium seating with the TV. and You know, oh, before we get out of it, that platoon was awesome. And, and Jocko was awesome because he he hadn't been to college yet. So what he told us is that Team 1, he got capped, so advanced to E5, and then he got capped to Ensign. Like, I haven't been to college. I'm basically <laughs> an enlisted knuckle-dragger, and I'm going to be an officer now. <laughs> but yeah. one of my favorite parts of that deployment is when we, we went to uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, which you wouldn't think is one of the best, cities for liberty there's so many good clubs and bars but i remember one night and and you and i are hanging out at a bar and i was talking to some girl that i didn't realize her boyfriend was right there and so he apparently didn't like me and he said something and so i'm like well i guess it's on and here's where i learned that sometimes drago's first move is a kick to the head. <laughs> what the hell? It didn't work. I didn't, yeah, it worked like a champ. I've never, I didn't even have a chance. I didn't even spill my drink. Like, well, he was, he was mean to you. He was yeah, ugly. Well, so I fixed it. But yeah, you know, the problem like- with it was later that there was a salad chef at the bar, uh, uh, up there, I think, with, the, with this restaurant or the bar where we're sitting. Mm-hmm. So it was some kind of chef. So next time we were eating, there was like, that's right. Okay, 
Yeah, no salads. You guys want any salad? We work oh, it out back. Yeah, we work it out back. And we work it every night for the season and serve. Probably oh, that was the other one. That was the, the other. Yeah, there was the salad boy. was the other beat up guy. Oh, shit. That was a lot. We of beat quite a few of those, I think. Because yeah, I remember, I, because I, in that salad boy, I ran out. It was like three guys. You are beating already in that, one of them. <laughs> so I said, well, I want to have some fun too. And I, 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 I got my... I, I beat up another one, but it turned oh, out yeah. to be one of them was salad. The salad, chef. yeah. And we never the had salad. the salad. Yeah, if anyone's yeah, ever at, at uh, dinner anywhere with Drago or me, just be safe. Don't order the salad. We don't know who's working. <laughs> well, by the way, you almost killed me in Dallas. Uh, when, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I Oh, because I ordered turtle soup. Yeah, dude. I mean, you were thinking about this. I didn't hey, know you were shellfish. Yeah. I didn't think. I think you said I, shell. That's not shellfish, right? It is. Yeah, this is what you told me. It's I like, hey, Drago, don't worry about it. You know, the, the snails, they are so good. You need to try it. I said, I have a shellfish allergy. Dude, it's not the fish. It's a snail. It has, it has a, a same thing with the turtle. I say, turtle, well, it's not the fish. And then by the by the end of it, I know. you look at I me. Was, I had a sprint to downtown Dallas looking for a place to get Benadryl. Oh, actually, you, you you sprint and you pick this uh, the, the 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 one of the waiters who ran up and I he was just up. walking back. You, but you remember, yeah. I was I, I told these guys, look, if I pass out because I was I was suffocating, going black spots, dial nine one one. This is my phone. Just press the press the button. Okay. So they took it, and then this guy is just lollygagging. You 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 watching this guy? You watching this guy? He's just walking. So you run you run up up there. You grab him by his scarf. And you ran with him all the way back with That's this Benadryl. Right. So when you right. dropped him, he was the guy who fell in the bushes because he actually passed out from the, I think, exertion. Oh, right. But I had to push the uh, uh, the Benadryl with my fingers through my throat because I couldn't do it. And oh. then hospital kicked me out. I went what? to I went straight to hospital, and but I couldn't speak. And I said, I need help. And so you signed this paper, <laughs> fill it up. I say, my hands are my hands are swollen. I can't I can't. I can't grab anything. Uh, yeah. And, and they say, well, if you can grab anything, you can sign it, please leave. I was like, okay. And I left. I called my wife. I said, look, they kicked me out from the and hospital. That was, that was after the Navy. So all the combat, yeah. all the shit, at the end of dying, almost dying because it's shellfish. <laughs> so, you know, we got, so we did that. We did another trip to Europe. Um, and we sort of split ways because we went, team two turned into team four. We went over, did something, nothing really big. Uh, Iraq started, and right in between uh, my before I went to SEAL Team Six, before I went over for Green Team, I was in the Master at Arms Shack, which meant I was in charge of you know uh, Liberty Call, Liberty Call, and I I sell <laughs> the friggin' protein bars and make sure all E five and below report to the quarter deck for field day. Um, but you somehow ended up in Iraq. And if this is just awesome, can you tell us? Because I remember I would get a call. Every, like you're just in Iraq. I would get a call in the Master at Arm Shack, and it's you. Hey, brother Russ, this is Drago. I'm in Iraq, and I'm okay. And I'm like, I don't. He's like, just tell someone. I'm like, I don't think it, the Navy works that way. But I'll let them know. I'll go see the XO. And the XO was really good. He's alive, great. Well, how did that happen? Well, what happened is I, we deployed. We deployed to South America in the middle of my deployment, somewhere in the middle of my deployment. Well, this is when I met Chief Nicky Baggett, who actually put my career back on track. Yep. I will never forget him. He will be, he's warrant officer, chief warrant officer, but in my heart, he'll be always my chief because he did so much for me. So anyway, we he, we deployed to South uh, uh, America, and in the middle of deployment, I got the call by chief. And uh, actually, he's the only one chief who... Who, who wrote me, I got, I got written up for being mean to the platoon. 
So that was uh, that was uh, kind of, uh, 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 but but it helped me. <laughs> so anyway, in the middle of deployment, he comes back and calls me in the office and say, "Hey, look, you need to deploy to Baghdad. You'll be working with uh, Grom. There is a poly, there are police special forces. Yeah, we need to help. Yeah, yeah, we need to uh, kind of." integrate them with us, you need to help out. So we go for three months, maybe you come back, it'll be six months deployment and you come back, uh, start your new cycle. So I say, okay, I was, I, I, you know, we are aggressive bunch. So all the guys in the platoon say, how the hell this guy gets it, go to war and we don't, you know, everybody wanted to go to war. That platoon that I was in next was fantastic platoon. Everybody wanted to go to war. So, uh, so I was the lucky one. So I went up there. But you know, like one month passes, second month, third month, I don't hear from my command. So it's like three months. I'm supposed to come back, but like, but they didn't say nothing. I'm not going to say anything. I mean, I'm, I love it here, you know. So like four months, five months, six months, seven months, eight months. I hear nothing. I just was calling you as a well, hey, I'm still here. So. So you say, yeah, okay, Drago, you know, like good friends uh, all the time. I hadn't even been to Iraq yet. I'm just, I, I wish you would have stayed in the line longer to tell me what was going on. Were you working with the Grom the whole time? Yes, I was like, double dipping. I was working with Grom and with our guys. So that was like this Iraq have some of these missions, pretty good. But I loved it. With those so, four guys? Yes. It, well, no, there was, uh, uh, the, I was staying there. I was like a permanent fixture. The platoons were rolling out from CL Team 2, CL Team 7, the, the, all other platoons. Awesome. And, 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 you know, I remember even for the third, when I went the third time to Iraq, the guy, like an army guy, I didn't know him from Adam. He comes up to me, say, Hey, have you been here in 2003? Say, Yeah. Have you been here in 2004? Yeah. <laughs> and you are in 2005. Did you ever go home? I was like, well, for a short time. <laughs> so he kind of remembered me because I think I'm the only one who was, I never carried holster. I just carried gun at, when I was in the chow behind my belt, so in my pants. So yeah. always the handle was sticking out in front of me. And uh, it was like, he was, he, I think he remembered me from that. So, And where yeah. were you staying? What, what part were you in Baghdad? I was in Baghdad and uh, for the, well, I was in Baghdad. Then the, on the second deployment, went to different town. And the third one, we were doing something else, but also from Baghdad, but on different base. The, 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 the reason I came back after this eight, almost nine months in Iraq, uh, it's basically over a year deployment, I think, total, if I remember. They, uh, that, I came back because my NVGs broke. And I called the command. And I can say, hey, you know, I need to uh, send me to... Uh, Transfer me to Armory. Some new guy answered. I say, yeah. hey, I need an NVG, seven NVGs. Can you send it to me? It's like, who are you? I'm Drago. Okay, where do you want it to send it them to? Uh, Baghdad, Iraq. Because I was thinking for a while, they started laughing. I say, hey, this dude is like some Iraqi calling for equipment. And so he told me, I was trying to elicit some gear from the CO team to Iraqi terrorists. So, uh, so it, uh, eventually, I... You know, I had to threaten him a little bit. I said, I'm going to kill oh, you, yeah. motherfucker, when I come back. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, bit. motherfucker. I would threaten him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. so I said, put Master Chief online. And he did put Master Chief online. And it was like the, the conversation was something like, oh, hey, Drago, it's good to hear from you. Where oh, are yeah. you at right now? I'm in Baghdad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have you been there? It's like going nine months, Master Chief. And like crickets for a while, I say, oh, 
Hold on a second. Let me get the XO online. Yeah, you need to come back because the, such and such SEAL team is going out and we are next. You need to start work up. So I came back, but then I went back, I, I think two weeks later, I went back to, again, with this other SEAL team. Uh, SEAL team. And then I came back. They, they called me too. They're supposed to go for a couple of weeks to help out. Yeah. Like four months later, SEAL Team 4 is calling me. Hey, dude. You need to come back. We are about to deploy, and, and you are still there. I say, okay, I came back and just came back again from the uh, – uh, oh, it's actually good that they forgot about me, kind of. Oh, no, they did it. They were so busy that they didn't think about it. At that time, you remember, I was a lot of trouble, causing a lot of problems. So yeah. no no news from Drago was good news. So That's whatever right. he is doing, just keep him there doing it. That so might it be, be the ultimate out of sight, out of mind. We haven't, we haven't heard oh, anything, yeah. so he's going to be fine. He's not dead. This is this yeah. is okay. Yeah, you got in a little bit of trouble, and as someone who's been in a little bit of trouble myself, that's all good, man. <laughs> yeah, just but stay, just stay in the uh, fight; you'll be fine. But I have to say something too here, very quick about uh, a Grom guys. When I, I was working yeah. with, what the professional force, but these people do not fuck around. They, you, 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 those are the guys you don't want to get on their bad side. Okay, and, and they look like that too. They look like devils too. They're big, bird, long hair, but very professional. And I remember they were cleaning houses like so super fast and uh, they were fasting. And I said, how did you guys do that? So some of my guys, our guys were asking, well, you see, when they, because when they, they march the prisoners, they don't really march them like gently on the street. Like, hey, we need to, uh, we are leaving the target. We need to go. She said, they opened the window and just like, and there were like two grown guys waiting and just the guy was like flying, flying right in their hands. Very gently, very gently, very safe, wow. very safe. And just, you know, they put him back on the leg and just uh, throw him on the Humvee. But uh, they were seldom walking them down the stairs. They uh, they were just like flying them and there were two people catching them. And this guy got myself in trouble. And I understand exactly why. Because we, one of the targets we hit, that was a big hotel with Syrians in it, in Fallujah. That time everybody pulled out from Fallujah. Yeah. So they, they, and after we we got all the targets, we got all the prisoners, we're walking them down. And my guy doesn't want to walk. Every step he makes, he falls down. So I'm getting pissed off. And just laying to him, Drago's style a little bit. He needs to move. He needs to be faster. And I'm falling down with him. I'm all in the sweat, dust, uh, sweaty because, you know, from third floor, one of the guys said, Drago, what happened? I said, Dad. Parker doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to walk. I think he's scared of something. He said, no, dude, he doesn't have a leg. I was like, oh. So I looked up there. The dude didn't have a leg. I just didn't know. This. It's not like he didn't want to go. He just couldn't <laughs> go. So so I got to drag him down the stairs. And uh, yeah, there's things like that happen. He wanted to go, but he, he can't go that fast. He can't go that fast. Now, so what was, I mean, I think I know, but what was the Polish Brahms mission there? Just a high value target? Same like ours. Yeah. Same, same with ours. We were together. So one night they did the hit, another night we did the hit. And they, they were just like, with the, so we just alternate. They lived with us. They lived in the same camp. Awesome. And they were so, they, they were so, they did so many things. I mean, they were doing the, using the same tactics, the same way, they behaved the same way, that there was nothing unusual for me to hear on the radio. Hey, Drago, is the Grom guy or our guy up there? I was like, well, I think it's, I think it's a, our, no, it's a grown guy. So they were they look the same, they have the same equipment, they and they the same professionalism. That's very bad. professional. That, that is, I, I never got to work with the Polish Grom, but I've heard nothing, nothing but good things about him. Badass, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Badass is the way it's described too. Like that's just uh I mean that's gotta make you proud too that the Polish guys are such bad motherfuckers. 
they are bad motherfuckers. Well, I think, I think they'll, they're, they're like me, I guess, <laughs> like us. You, know, mother, you, you are a bad yeah. motherfucker. I hate to, I hate people <laughs> want to tell you this finally. <laughs> but yeah, they, they were pretty much like us, the same training. The, the difference is that they were stood up by us, by uh, Delta Force, by, they were never, they never had the baggage of communist unit. They, they never had that mentality. They were from the very get-go, from the very beginning. And their selection is hard like fuck, too. So yeah. their, their selection is awesome. And they, I think this is the, the, that's why these guys are so similar to us. No, that's that's really cool. A lot of good stuff there. I mean, you know, pe people talk about what, whether or not we should have gone into Iraq. It doesn't matter. It, what mattered is uh, the person that you're fighting next to. And every time that we we... Uh, the Polish Grom, our allies, the special boat service, SBS, anytime we fought the bad guys toe-to-toe, -to -toe, we fucking kicked their asses. And that's, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, and I'm a big believer that combat is really good training. Like, I, yeah. I learned more about breaching in combat than I did at breacher school. Uh, oh, absolutely. And I want to do the one thing here. They said, I remember later on in the thing, they were very, they were emphasizing, you guys here to win the hearts and minds and all that stuff. I was like, I didn't come here to win uh, their hearts. I went to get her their ass. I am terrorist terrorizer. I'm yeah. not. I'm there to go to terrorize the terrorists. By the way, the way the best way to win a war with terror is to terrorize the terrorists. And I think that's what is uh, what we what we did very well, and they work work out very well until politicians start chiming in. Yeah. The, yeah, and then but, even today, you know, they ask us very often too. Like when I was Bud's instructor, the SEAL instructor, later, instructor, instructor Drago, can, what, what is like to be a SEAL? I say, well, like, to be a SEAL is more like, like a customer service, like a government customer service. But our customers were always wrong, and we got to kill them. Always wrong. <laughs> I love that too. Striking fear into the heart of the fearless is that. I mean, terrorizing the terrorists. I had heard too, and so I was at uh, I was at Red Team at this point. But I had heard over there through the grapevine that there was a bounty on this guy Drago's head. <laughs> Actually, there, there, there was. I didn't know about it until the another platoon, like after my platoon, he came back and said, dude, they, they, they are, you know, there are bounties on that such and such people, but there's you by the name. Uh, uh, you're, they, are, they are posters in Baghdad with your face, yeah. with, your, with you in it and, and, and your name. And that kind of like bit of concern. So I told, hey, Shad, well, tell me about that. what the, what do you mean? He said, well, I knew this you because I know you, but like if somebody doesn't know you, have a, maybe not, a, you, you, you should, uh, it's not like you can look at you and you change already too. You don't look like you. So yeah, this is, but this is you. And we've seen this, this posters there. Yeah. But they were posters because I, I became very notorious. Notor notorious can you give any examples or do you care, care to? What's that? Um, any examples, or should we leave that for a private conversation? I think you know we. I think uh, we maybe we just leave it for the private we'll conversation. Sure. I uh, I do need to confess that I contributed to your legends because they were very <laughs> jealous of you, and they said uh, they they because they were calling us the filthy team with the tattoos on their hands that they were referring to us, and they said, "Have you know we're, the, the, some of them are looking for Drago?" And I said, "Well, you can't miss him because he's ten feet tall, weighs five hundred pounds, and he breathes fire." <laughs> and has no tattoos on his arms. No tattoos on his <laughs> yeah, that's incredible, man. Um, I, uh, I'm gonna. I, I want to talk about your book, "The Pledge to America." That that's gonna that comes out this summer, correct? 
Yes, it's coming up June 13. So it is on pre-sale now on Barnes and Nobles Good. and Amazon and other outlets. Right. The Pledge to America, um, you were kind enough to send it to me a couple of weeks back. I read it. Phenomenal. And I just love the way you said it's it's not a book about being a Navy SEAL. There's plenty of those. This is about, we discussed in the first few episodes, the realization, the realism uh, uh, of socialism and how dangerous it is. So this, I think every, this should be required reading. Um, I say you're, you only know what you're taught. This book will teach you a lot. And you did a great job, brother. Love the book. Uh, you want to mention uh, NavySealsFund.org one more time? Yes, the Navy Seals Fund, Navy Seals Fund.org is 501c3 charity. And it's a little bit different because this charity, there are no, we don't have any paid position. It's run by Navy Seals only. And uh, we don't have a red tape. Everybody who is or was 5326, uh, we are standing by his side. We'll make sure he doesn't fall down. And uh, all the funds coming to Navy Seals Fund are coming directly to our guys to our uh, to families of our guys because there is no no we don't pay ourselves uh, uh in this uh in in this charity so, so every money coming in are going out to the to the cause the navy seals navy seals fund.org and make sure you pre-order the pledge to america when it, or buy it when it comes out you're going to see it everywhere you're going to hear all about it we're going to make it a bestseller uh, Drago, I really appreciate all the time. You're going to be a regular on my podcast because now we can talk about current events and how everyone's stupid, but we're smart. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 as we close, I need to finish with the story you told a, a little a little bit ago. And I got to remind people that if you have a 2,000-foot hard dick, you're never out of the fight. <laughs> I'll talk soon, brother. Love you, man. <laughs>